0: The reading is from Acts chapter 2 and starting at verse 42. The fellowship of the believers. The disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together This is the word of the Lord. What a wonderful passage to
1: talk about, especially after last weekend. The passage, I'm sure, is familiar to us all. It speaks about the formation of an early community of believers in Jerusalem. This is the gold standard. This is the ideal picture of how proper, good Christian community works, This is what we're told it looks like. Marvellous. But I wonder how many times have we read this and thought, wow, that sounds amazing. People devoting themselves to biblical teaching, sharing all they had, money, possessions, food, spending all their time together in prayer, eating and praising God. Good for them. But in my life, in my world, how could this be possible, even if I did really want it? Community can be a wonderful thing, can't it? We're naturally involved in all sorts of different communities. Our work community, our school community, our family community. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, Community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, which sounds all well and good and maybe a little dry and a little too easy. When we talk about community, we're really talking about relationships. Living in relationship with each other is what builds community. The difference with Christian community is, well, to state the obvious, God. And perhaps more personally, the Trinity. We're born in the image of God. Three in one. A community, a relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Our template is of that community. It is imprinted in our DNA No wonder we need it, we crave it, and if we don't have it, we fail to flourish. The image and depiction of community we're given in Acts is wonderful. But within our flawed society, within ourselves, how realistic is it, really? We're shown perfection in the Trinity, of how to relate to one another, each one operating in full glory, in pure divine love. This, too, is the gold standard of how we are to relate to each other. However, we know that we're unable to do this in our own strength. And I'm not simply implying here that if we pray hard enough and long enough and invite the Holy Spirit in, he'll sort out all our issues – all our relationship hang-ups and we can then live happily ever after in lovey easy communion with all. If only it were that simple. Relationships, community, fellowship, all can be messy and challenging because we as individuals are messy and challenging. What are, what are your images of community? My images of community are of a family, sharing life together in all its messiness, of laughter and of tears, of hope and of despair. It includes honesty and vulnerability. It involves doing life together. You can't do community on your own. Our image of community in Acts is inspirational. They're being taught by the apostles. Can you imagine actually being taught by the people who knew Jesus, who had eaten with him, drunk with him, touched him? And not to do Debbie, David, or Colin, or anybody down, and their teaching is fab, but as far as I know, they haven't actually met the living Jesus in the actual flesh. This was a new phenomenon, a new way of being, a new way of seeing. The Holy Spirit was on fire among them. Nobody had ever seen anything like this before. No wonder they didn't want to leave. It was all new. Amazing signs and wonders were happening. If they left, they might miss something. You can sense the excitement, the wonder, the expectation. If we'd have been there, we wouldn't have wanted to leave either. So, what's the difference between then and now? Well, for a start, it's not really new anymore, is it? Most of us have been Christians for a while now. Maybe the excitement has worn off a little bit. We might not have been aware of any signs and wonders lately. We're not being taught directly by apostles, and quite frankly, the call to be in relationship and live in a harmonious community with all is, honestly, a little unrealistic, isn't it? We've been shown the gold standard, and God knows we can't live up to it. He's not an unrealistic God, after all, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Maybe there's something more to it. Why can we find it so hard to live and love each other as we are in community? Living in a loving community is much easier when everybody's the same. Going back to the definition in the Oxford Dictionary, community is a group of people living in the same place, or having a particular characteristic in common. How straightforward this sounds. If we all thought alike, had the same background, the same qualifications, supported the same football team, it is coming home, wouldn't it be easy to love everybody? But God made us all different, all unique. Why? Surely, if we were all meant to get along together, he would have made us at least slightly similar. What is it about difference and about the other that we can find so difficult, so challenging? One of my heroes when it comes to living in community is Jean Vanier. I'm sure you know, but Jean Vanier set up large communities where able-bodied live alongside people with mental and physical disabilities. I believe he has a lot to teach us about how to live with the other. And when I talk about the other, I'm talking about anybody who is different to us. If we look around us, look left, look right, who do we see? Somebody vastly different or somebody quite similar? Is our church full of people who look the same, think the same, or is there difference? Do we welcome the other? Are we challenged enough to love the differences in others? I learnt the most on my course from those who came from a different tradition from mine and from my time at St Nicholas, which, as you know, is Anglo-Catholic. And it caused me to ask a lot of questions. Why do they do things differently to me? Can I encounter God by doing things in a different way? Who is the God I am encountering by doing it this way? By entering into conversation with others who see things differently from me, I learnt so much. I just needed to listen, to have an open mind and be willing to explore alternative viewpoints. This took a conscious decision to leave my ego at the front door. I do not have all the answers. My way is not the only way of doing things. If I listen, I might actually learn something. You don't learn anything new by listening to your own voice. The obvious and extreme example shown by Jean Vanier is deeply challenging to most of us. But we have our own versions of bias and judgment and our own opportunities to welcome difference, even within our own community. There is so much that God wants to teach us about ourselves when we live in relationship with each other. It's not supposed to be easy. Often the most important lessons never are. It's it's living with those who have different opinions who have a different outlook to us that we can learn the most about ourselves. Living in community gives us this opportunity to grow as Christians, as Christ followers. Jean Vanier observes the reality of living within a broken community as a place of conflict, a place of loss, but also as a place of resurrection, The brokenness he encounters is more obviously visible than ours. So maybe the lessons there of brokenness and working with brokenness are more obvious too. But we too are a broken people. If we don't acknowledge our brokenness, we don't acknowledge our need of Jesus. When we encounter difficulties in our relationships, What is actually going on in us? Why do we react in a certain way, sometimes quite strongly? Often the flaws in others annoy us so much because subconsciously they mirror what it is in ourselves we don't like. We have a very special community here in Wanish and having experienced this personally, especially recently, I'm incredibly grateful and thank God for it, and indeed, for all of you. But complacency breeds apathy. We recognise that we're not perfect, so this brings opportunities to grow as a people of God. This is a challenge to relish. Acts 2, 42-47 is the gold standard of community, and one that offers us inspiration. But and biblical scholars concur, it is as unrealistic for those Christians who followed on in the first century as it is for us in the 21st century. It does, however, set us a challenge to look at our own community, our own relationships, and perhaps most importantly, ourselves, and to listen to what God might be trying to teach us through each other. I'd like to finish by reading from Jean Vanier, who sums it up much better than I ever could. Our God is three persons in love with each other. Our God is communion. And this beautiful and loving God is calling us humans into this life of love. We are not alone. We are called together to drop barriers to become vulnerable, to become one. The greatest thirst of God is that they may be one, perfectly one, totally one, but we have to die to all the powers of egoism in ourselves in order to be reborn for this new and deeper unity where our uniqueness and our personal gifts and creativity are not crushed but enlivened and enhanced. A community is not an abstract ideal. We're not striving for perfect community. Community is not an ideal. It is people. It is you and I. In community, we are called to love people just as they are, with their wounds and their gifts, not as we would want them to be. Community means giving them space, helping them to grow. It means also receiving from them so that we too can grow. It is giving each other freedom. It is giving each other trust. It is confirming but also challenging each other. We give dignity to each other by the way we listen to each other in a spirit of trust and of dying to oneself so that the other may live, grow and give. Amen.